If you dream of changing the world, but you're not sure where to start, the Add Value to Entrepreneurs podcast will help you transform your life and business. This podcast is for entrepreneurs who want more freedom and fulfillment from their work so they can live the life that they desire. You deserve it, and it is possible. It's time for you to add value. Are you struggling with stress? Do you feel like life is out of control? Do you run out of time to get your to-do list tackled? Well, we have a special gift for you. Stop by addvaluemindset.com and claim your free gift today. Today's guest is Caitlin Drago. Caitlin is a LA-based actor turned upstate New York-based mm-hmm. certified leadership coach and facilitator. Acting taught her to be present, self-aware, empathetic, and to prioritize connection with others. Improv taught her to listen, trust her gut, and deal with the unexpected in positive and creative ways. She now works with leaders and teams to help them to listen to one another, communicate, and connect, using improvisation as a platform for interactive learning. Caitlin Drago and Robert talk about her journey from stage as an actor to stage as a keynote speaker, how the tools of improv create great team building and communication strategies for teams and leaders. Caitlin shares some great tips for listening and supporting conversation. Well, Caitlin, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm excited to have this conversation. I definitely want to shout out uh, Maria Cast for introducing us, and and you know I'm so thankful that that she's made this introduction and thankful for this opportunity to chat with you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So I typically let each guest just start the show with their entrepreneurial journey and uh, what's got them to where they are today and how they're impacting the world. That's a big question. <laughs> We've got a lot maybe, of time. Maybe I'll share a little bit about where I am now, and then we'll start from the beginning from there. We'll get co- Sounds great. <laughs> so where I am now is I am a coach and facilitator and business owner. I have a company called Inspire Improv and Coaching, Inc., And what I do is I work with organizations to help teams with communication and collaboration and teamwork. And I use improv as a platform for interactive learning, really with an overarching, you know, goal of creating empathies of creativity and trust, starting with how we communicate and connect with one another. So So good. Thanks. So the way I yeah, exactly, exactly, got it. The way now the way I got there. Um, So I went to school for acting um, here in upstate New York, and then after I graduated, after a couple of you know stints in children's theater, (laughs) anything else, uh, I moved to LA, where I continued studying and working there. And when I was getting towards my late 20s um, and really wasn't doing as much as I really loved and working more of the, the side job uh, that I didn't like than actually, you know, performing um, or working in the entertainment industry, I decided it was time to, you know, move on. And what was funny was that, and this will make sense later, I guess, is that the side job that I had was in events and marketing. So whether it was at a special event, like handing out whatever the the company was that was sponsoring the special, and oh, try this. Um, And let me talk to you about it for five minutes. Or being at a conference 
for like I think the the one that was furthest outside of my realm of expertise was the International Builders Conference in okay. Las Vegas, and I was hired by like a brick veneer company. And so I showed up, you know, 30 minutes before the show opens and they're like, all right, here's some information about the product. There you go. <laughs> and, you know, you pretend wow. to know what you're talking about. Um, but through those, like it really kind of led to the coaching and facilitation in that it was a lot of communicating with lots of different people and kind of being comfortable with that. And then also there were some events where, you know, maybe you're somewhere that there's not a lot of people. And so it's just you and the other brand ambassador that you're <laughs> chatting with for six hours. And it was a lot of just chatting and forming those deeper relationships and kind of having, now looking back on it, a lot of coaching conversations, but not knowing that that's what we were doing. Nice. Um, and then when we moved back to the Rochester area, I knew that there were companies in like New York and Chicago and LA that used improv for training and development and team building, but there didn't seem to be anyone who was doing it formally here. And so I kind of did it on both and in two areas. So one was the, <laughs> I, I just so happened to land at a firm that did leadership training and leadership coaching. And so I, when I interviewed with them, it was for an administrative assistant position. Uh, and I kind of shared just, Hey, by the way, I also have this background in theater and improv if you want me to try it out. And so I was thinking like, you know, maybe once they get to know me, they might be into this. Uh, and then about a week later, one of the owners of the company, there were two at the time, uh, said, hey, Caitlin, can you put some time on our calendar? I really want to hear some more about this. And I was like, okay, yeah, sure. So I went home and like put together my case for, you know, using improv in this corporate realm. And then I had this conversation and he was like, this is great. You know, how long would you need to get ready for something like this? And I said, well, you know, cause at the time I was working there during the day. And then I also have, you know, this theater part of me that needs to be satisfied at all times. And so I was uh, rehearsing for a show in the evenings. <laughs> And so I said, you know, if I had over a weekend, that would be great because that would give me time to put it together. And he's like, and this was on, I think, like a Monday or a Tuesday. He's like, okay, well, what about Thursday? Could you do Thursday? <laughs> and then that's mind, that's thinking, over a weekend. Sure it is. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'll go here and then go to rehearsal and then come back here and somewhere in there I will figure out how to do this. Uh, but you know, of course, in those situations when you have those opportunities, you say, yep, and then you figure it out. And so that's what I did. And it went really well. It was with a group of about 20 um, leaders who were there for some uh, leadership and coaching training. And so from there, they would pull me in every so often, but it was relatively informal. And outside of work, I was also using improv with not-for-profits on a volunteer basis, where I was working mainly with women in transition whether they were coming out of um, 
just living situations that weren't great or recovering from, or I should say not people who are, who were in transition, women in recovery. And so I was doing that on the side as well. <laughs> and it got to a point where I was like, I really like this. And I think there's a lot of value in it. And so I approached them and said, you know, I think, you know, do you want, I'm, I'm getting some more requests for this. Do you want this to be something that you offer at this company that I provide? Or should I set up my own thing on the side? And they said, set up your own thing on the side. Because what I didn't know at the time was that the two owners were getting ready to split into two separate companies. So it was not the time to be adding services on. And at least, so- At least they recognized that and they didn't have you waste the time. Yeah. So good yeah. for them for that. <laughs> exactly. And so then the, the two owners split into two separate companies. The one who had, you know, invited me to share more about improv asked me to continue working with him. And so at that point, it did become a little bit more of a formal part of my position there. And while I was there, I also got my um, leadership coaching certification, which just, you know, added to those facilitation skills. And then I, and while I, while I was doing the leadership coaching certification, I was also um, expecting my first child. And so when I came back from maternity leave, I was in this place where I was both facilitator and coach and also still the main administrator of the company. Which, you know, that's a hard, that's a hard balance to strike. You know, it's like if you were to go into a dentist office and, you know, the receptionist checks you in and then they also come in to, you know, clean your teeth. It's just confusing. And it's not that like one job is better or worse than the other. It's just. Right. And um, I also knew that if I was going to be away from my child for any amount of time, I wanted to really be doing something that I loved versus like managing someone else's calendar. And now I just have my own calendar <laughs> to manage. Um, and so with all, all of the support in the world, I left that consulting firm and started my own company. And that was, let's see, my son was about 10 months old when I left. So, and he's seven now, so about six years ago. And, you know, it has been a, a roller coaster, as I'm sure a lot of entrepreneurs experience. You know, I had, ugh, and whenever anyone asks, like, what's the advice you would get? I'm like, be marketing all the time. And don't let that go to the wayside because I certainly found myself in a position where I got my first few like contracts and I really wanted them to be amazing. So I spent a lot of time preparing for them and all that time wasn't doing any of the marketing and then, you know, delivered those. And then it was like, okay, crickets. <laughs> and I, so, had, I had a very, uh, I, had a very, very mm -hmm. similar experience. I started in, and I got hired by two companies right out the gate and both big, you know, thousands of dollar jobs. And it's like, woo. It was like, yeah. Uh-oh. Uh -huh. <laughs> and at that time, I still didn't even know what a funnel was. So if you'd have said, mm -hmm. you know, where, what's your funnel? What's your lead gen? I'm like, uh, what? Uh, <laughs> I got nothing. So <laughs> it actually hurt me to get hired that fast because I yeah I'd, right I'd missed out on some of the some of the processes that I really needed to have in place. Mm -hmm. 
And so then what processes did you, like, what was the most helpful if you can point to one process well, that you had in place for yourself? At that time, it was networking, mm -hmm. um, you know, face-to-face, -face getting myself out there and, and meeting people. Um, obviously, that went away um, two, two and a half years ago. And so mm -hmm. this digital space, the networking has shifted. And so now we're now we're networking through a lead magnet or networking through a, a, a free strategy call or, you know, LinkedIn and trying to oh. trying to do some of the similar things that we would do in a networking group, but but electronically. Right. And reaching out yeah. to, to, you know, potential people and trying to build relationships <laughs> electronically. Oh. So and I almost feel like people are almost more open sometimes because you can schedule a 30 minute zoom meeting and not, and know that you don't have to like hop in the car and go to a coffee shop. And like, if it's not right. a great match, you know, you've spent all of this time and the other, right. way, you know, it's just, there's less risk and it kind of, I don't know. I think people are a little more open to it and it's kind of nice. Yeah, there certainly is an openness and, and at least there's a large enough audience out there that, that, yeah, you can, you can have the openness and then there's the people that are like, Oh, go away. You're like, okay, fine. Like, right. <laughs> I'm gone. Uh -huh. So, all right. So let's talk about your business. Obviously you had these corporate relationships and, and, and company relationships and nonprofit relationships. Mm -hmm. And now you start out on your own. And uh, what did you do for continuing to fill your funnel, generate leads? So I found because my approach is a little bit outside of the box, <laughs> it's really helpful for people to be able to experience it in some capacity, even if it's just like a little tiny taste. So I started really focusing on getting myself um, speaking engagements, whether it was with like a local chamber or, um, you know, different professional organizations that served people in people who would be or would be very close to the decision makers within an organization. So for me, that's like the CEOs or the training and development in HR people. And so once I would go in and give a presentation and maybe do an exercise or two, they could say, oh, okay, I get this. I see how this is valuable. And then they would bring me in that way. Um, it was a lot of networking as well. I think it's just, it's so much, it's, planting so, 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 so many seeds um, and just cultivating those relationships and just continuing to be um, helpful, whether it's through like your social media posts or connecting people to other people and just always coming from a place of service so that when they do, you know, one, because that feels good. <laughs> to to be someone of service whether or not you're getting something out of it but just knowing that you're always just tending to those relationships I had I worked with a team just last week who when I like trace back what it took for me to get there it's like somebody who I met probably five six years ago who I've just maintained a relationship with and you know, just again, just cultivated that relationship. And then when there was a need, I was the first person that they thought of. And so, yeah, I don't know if that answers the question. Nice. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So there, there's a couple ways I want to definitely dig into the value of relationships. And, and mm -hmm. you mentioned cultivating relationships and, and maintaining those relationships. Um, obviously, I, I think that's the root of 
entrepreneurship is really mm -hmm. uh, the cultivation of of relationships and adding value to people whether whether they become clients or not right this mm -hmm. building this giant network of people who become your fans and then hopefully within that become wild fans mm -hmm. that, that will tell everybody they know about you <laughs> so let's talk about the value of relationship and in, in building all those connections and, and creating opportunities to grow your business sure so i think i mean you think about who's attracted to you who like just generally gravitates towards you and you also have to remind yourself that you're not going to be for everyone and that is okay um it also takes a lot of bravery because if you are you know a one-person company like i am when you go to an event or a luncheon or something you're usually not there with a you know your table of coworkers. And so there is a lot of being like, okay, well, well, maybe I'll go to the bathroom first. You know, like, how long can I stay in here? Kind of psych yourself up and like, okay, I'm going out. I'm gonna meet, you know, X amount of people. And honestly, it's been those moments where I've um, you know, just Get, put, put my brave pants on and, and been willing to walk up to the table of people that I don't know and just say, you know, may I join you? And then obviously start with asking a lot of questions about them first. And, and then, you know, maybe they'll ask you about you, but like, that's, that can't be the goal. Like <laughs> you know, it's gotta be, let me learn about you and how I might be able to help you, whether it's something that I do or someone across the room who I know or, you know, or whatever that might be. So now it's, now it's the introvert improv. <laughs> A little bit. I think, I think of myself as an introverted extrovert. Nice. <laughs> yeah. well, and I think, I think most people really are. I think a lot of people don't understand the real difference, right? At the vibrational level you know, which, which fuels you being in a group of people or mm -hmm. being alone. And that's really determining whether you're an introvert because I'm an introvert, but I can go into a group of a room of people and I can wear it out, but I leave that thing exhausted. Like, yeah, wears me out. I'm so tired afterwards versus the person that's an extrovert goes into that group and they get fueled up by being in there mm -hmm. and they leave the room fired up and ready to do 10 more rooms. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, so good for you for, you know, putting on your brave pants and and really <laughs> you mentioned that the power of curiosity so i want to explore a little bit into into that power of curiosity yeah well i mean honestly that's what coaching is <laughs> it is just being curious and when i was doing my coach training um that was the first time that i felt that similar just like in the zone there's nobody else that exists except me and this other person outside of being on a stage because coaching is so much about just being present and like being curious about the other person and like, okay, well, what's underneath that and what's underneath that and tell me more about this and um, allowing some of that ego to go away and needing to be right or know yeah. everything. <laughs> Bless you. And I tried to hit mute. It didn't work. It's okay. <laughs> we all we all sneeze. It happens. <laughs> um, and yeah, and I think that's 
that's too when it comes to those relationship building times when you are nervous it takes the focus off of off of me i'm when i'm getting curious about somebody else i'm not thinking about like what's the weird thing that i'm saying what is my face doing how do i look right now you know i'm really i'm more curious about them and my focus is on them it, it's it, i mean Curiosity is so powerful, just even with yourself, but, mm -hmm. but really it, it's a door opener, right? I mean, if you're, if you ask the right questions sincerely, like you sincerely want to know, people love to share, they love to talk about themselves and it doesn't take yeah. much to get somebody turned, you know, flip their switch so that they're tell you everything you didn't want to know. Mm -hmm. um, but yet, but yet if you ask the right questions, it can lead to those engagements that become isn't that interesting? Mm -hmm. That's what I, that's what I specialize in. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. I helped somebody with that just the other day. Right. And, and, and actually being able to have conversations that lead to you being able to share, wow, that's this, that, what I do taps right into that. Right. And, and, and it's not always that way. It doesn't always have to be that way because it really is about creating honest human connections. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and I think our businesses are built on, connections and the more connections that we legitimately make right people that 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 could identify us or remember us right and they'll remember you for asking that question they'll mm -hmm. remember you especially if you come back and you say hey how's your kids or hey how's your right and 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 not everybody can remember as that well but if you're intentional about these conversations and about the person's name and the fact that you see them in another event and you you, you know their name and you know something significant about them that they mentioned You've, you've got a friend for life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> because there's huge power in, in connecting at that level. So obviously we need to, I want to dig into a little bit. You mentioned um, doing improv for, for nonprofits, for, for women in recovery. Um, so contribution appears to be a big part of your life and, and building your business. And so how has contribution served you as an entrepreneur and, and end in your business? Honestly, the, the, what's it, the first one? One of the first workshops that I did for, I think it was at the YWCA. And there were three women who showed up for it. I was like, cool, <laughs> let's figure out how to do an improv. Two more than I expected. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, at one point, I, you know, and you're always thinking like, am I bringing value? Is anyone having any fun? And one of the women said, I haven't laughed like this in such a long time. Oh. And it was that moment that it like solidified. This is what I'm supposed to be doing in this chapter of my life. It was like the ding, 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 ding. And it wasn't in a corp, you know, at that point, it wasn't in a corporate environment. It was in, you know, a not-for-profit realm. It was a volunteer moment. Um, and if I hadn't been there, I might not have gotten that, like, ding, ding, ding moment. Oh, so good. Well, and it's, what you do is so exciting because it does play well in the corporate realm and in the nonprofit mm -hmm. realm. And, and you can mix both of those things with serving you know serving nonprofit communities that you love and 
and you want to see flourish. And then, and then of course, serving these corporate gigs that pay the bills and, and feed mm -hmm. your family. And so that's, and that's, that's fantastic. That's something that I met with a colleague. I think it was like my first week out on my own. And I was like, oh, I want to do all this not-for-profit work and maybe I'll become a not-for-profit. I, no, I think I had established myself as a for-profit at that point. Anyway, um, he gave us some really great advice. He's like, Caitlin, you need to eat your vegetables first. Meaning like get the corporate jobs. Not to say that I don't enjoy them. I do um, immensely. But basically like take, you know, it's put the mask on first. Right. <laughs> Get, get the bills paid and then you will have the time and energy to be able to pour into these other organizations that could really use your help as well. Well, and that's a lesson for, for all entrepreneurs that want to make a difference and want to make an impact, right? Mm -hmm. You can make a bigger impact by making more money, mm -hmm. <laughs> make more money, yeah. get yourself solid and, and solidified and then give it away. Like do what you want to do, give your time away, give your money away. But you can't do that in the beginning. You can't mm -hmm. do that because if you're giving it all away, you're never going to start charging for it mm -hmm. because you'll exactly. never see the value in the, in the exchange, you know, version. And so, so that's a really great lesson <laughs> to learn early on is don't, mm -hmm. don't, don't give it away too soon. <laughs> And I think the challenge in the coaching space is it's too easy to coach people, especially when you love coaching people, mm -hmm. right? Because yeah. then your family's asking for coaching, your neighbor's asking for coaching, and and oh, you're, even the people that you've networked with call you up and say, hey, can you want to grab lunch? And lunch turns into you know a coaching session because they realize you're a coach and you coach them for free. And then, wait a minute. <laughs> Everybody else pays me for that. <laughs> I think I love this. And I've seen a I've seen a few people do this. And I think it's so great is this idea of, um, you know, creating a whole separate service offering for like a picking your brain session. Nice. Where if someone, you know, if you get like one of those LinkedIn requests, like, hey, I just want to pick your brain about X, Y, Z. Like, great. You can go on my website and schedule a time. This is what it is, you know. And so you aren't necessarily giving everything away for free. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I haven't done. I haven't done it yet, but. But sounds like you're close. Maybe, maybe. We will be right back after this short break. This episode is sponsored by Perfect Publishing, a different approach to publishing a book. Perfect Publishing carefully chooses Heroes of Hope, who exemplify living a life they created through faith, hope, patience, and persistence. No matter what page you open to in this mini cube of hope, you will find a leader with a big heart. You will see you are not alone. The authors may share similar challenges that only hope and action could resolve. Get your free ebook at getadoseofhope.com. Welcome back. Let's get back to more greatness. Yeah, I mean, it, there's there's places to to use that to sort to, you know as a filter, right? Mm -hmm. Like like we have we get tons of requests for people to be guests on the show. It's just, I think it's just a natural podcast thing. Once mm -hmm. a podcast is well-established, people say, well, I'll make a great guest or, Oh, I know this really great person. They'll make a great guest. And, and so our solution to most of those emails is, yeah, well, it's a hundred dollars if you want to be a guest. And so <laughs> here's the link. And, uh -huh. and 
we have people that pay. We have people that want to be a guest and it's worth a hundred dollars for marketing and for promotion. And it's, that's still relatively cheap in the podcast world actually, but, but it sorts out the ones that are like looking for freebies. Right. And so it's very similar. I like that. I haven't thought about it for, for the, the coaching session and and the pick my brain. So I'm, I'm going to have a new pick my brain offering (laughs) a 30 minute call. There you go. And I mean, outside of that, when it comes to just like the straight up one-on-one leadership coaching, I do do like a, um, I think I call it an exploratory call where, you know, I share up front, like we're going to talk about what coaching is, what coaching isn't, um, your goals, my goals. And then we're going to have a 15 minute mini coaching session. Nice. So come to this with something you want to think through in 15 minutes. And so... It does, because I think especially with coaching, it is such an intimate relationship and a lot of coaches have all different styles. And so I do want to make sure that it's a good fit on both sides. Absolutely. And within that exploratory call, it is a, it's limited though. It's 15, we're not solving all of the world's problems, <laughs> but you know, we're getting to suss out if this is a good fit for everyone before you, you know, invest time and energy in. Well, and 15 minutes is an opportunity to add value and show them this is, Mm -hmm. this is how I work. And this is, you know, now imagine this in a 45 minute session and we meet weekly (laughs) and then the amount of gains that you'll get from accountability and from a regular Mm -hmm. conversation and just having my voice in your head when, when you think about not doing that thing you're supposed to do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that's, Part of it too is like figuring out how to bring value to potential customers without, you know, giving everything away for free, but also providing value without them feeling like it's a gotcha right. type of situation too. So well, you can give me- them lots of what they need, but not mm-hmm. how. <laughs> I yeah. Mean, typically, yeah. Right. You need you need a you know you need to audit your calendar. You need some you know work on your limiting beliefs. You, telling specific things that they definitely can need. And of course, you know, I can walk that journey with you, which is why we've ha- we're having this conversation. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and, and the value of a coach is that extra accountability and that extra set of eyes and ears on, on all the stuff that, that somebody's doing. And of course, you and I both know the value of, of a coach and, mm-hmm. and how it can 10x or 100x y- your life and business. If obviously, if you have a good coaching relationship and and you're digging into the stuff that matters. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I love, I love the improv um, corporate speaking idea. I love obviously just the, the, the teaching opportunity. I have a, a, a friend from networking who taught his five rules of, of improv in that way as a business. Nice. Um, so similar, similar type of, you know, one hour team building, you know, comedy thing and, and, he teaches the rules and then everybody in the room had to, had to, had to apply them. Right. Of course, mm-hmm. yes. And is always the hardest to learn, but yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, tell me, tell me a little bit about the power of improv for, for team building in, in, in the way that you use it. Yeah. So just like you said, that first rule of yes. And, and all that comes with that um, there's, you know, you can't say yes to something you didn't hear. So you've got to always be listening to the other person, which, you know, a lot of times we're thinking more about what we're going to say versus really being present and listening to the other person. Um, 
Also, a lot of times when we are faced with something that's outside of the box, our initial instinct is to say no. And these are all the reasons why that's not going to work. And so when I work with teens, it's really in a really structured way, helping them to experience that yes and concept and rule to an extreme so that they can see what it what it feels like, what it sounds like whether it's challenging or not to them and like what kind of comes up and how they can, how that experience or what that experience tells them about how they listen or how they communicate with other people and what they might do differently. Um, And then, you know, when they go back to work, they can scale it back in a way that makes more sense, but it's a great vehicle for being able to allow people to understand how they listen or don't listen, how they communicate or don't communicate and how they collaborate or don't collaborate (laughs) without me having to come in and say, "Mm, I bet you guys aren't communicating very well, or I bet you don't listen as well as you think you do. Um, You know, by doing improv, they can have those realizations themselves. And then by applying the rules of improv, they can get better (laughs) at those things. And like the second big Uh, principle that I focus on too is the idea of making each other look good so it's not what's the hilarious thing I'm gonna say and everyone's gonna think I'm the best improviser it's looking for ways to set each other up for success and that involves knowing the other people that you work with what they're really good at what they're struggling with and being willing to step out of the spotlight every so often and letting someone else step into that and having a real intention behind that. And so all of this, you know, does a lot of things that one, <laughs> hopefully improves that communication or that over communication. Cause a lot of times we're saying, you know, we're trying to solve a problem, but we're trying to solve two different problems. <laughs> unless we like are really explicit about what we're trying to do. Um, it builds trust because now I know that when I come to you, you're actually going to listen to me and I'm going to be heard versus when I come to you, you're going to say, no, you're going to squash my idea. I don't really want to come talk to you anymore. (laughs) And it just, you know, it helps that just from a cultural perspective too, of being present with one another. And when we listen, we can have more empathy for the other person because we're not like stuck in our own head. Um, I could go on and on. (laughs) So I want to, I want to, I'm going to throw, I'm going to throw a challenge out there because, uh, well, so in, in, in coaching and in personal development, I've, I've learned in brain, studying the brain, reading about the brain, I've learned that, that the brain doesn't hear no, or doesn't hear don't when you say don't sit there, especially when you're telling your kids don't sit there, the kids here sit there. So the kid sits right down and you're going, what on earth? I just, and so I, my first thought when you talked about yes and in in how they listen or don't listen and how they collaborate or don't collaborate, I'm thinking about a parent and a parent having to not be able to tell their child no would be such a powerful exercise in self-discipline <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because because no is so natural, right? And don't is so natural for us. We see that we, t- we know what we don't want them to do. But it takes a little bit of extra effort to figure out what we do want them to do. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, the same applies to your coworkers. But I think parenting can be a crucible of just pressure and 
and, and stress and and of course the idea that I'm the parent so I'm always right so then <laughs> there's no challenge to it except for your own your own mind and so love just love the thought of that idea of not being able to tell your kids no so mm-hmm. anyone listening if you try that make sure you comment <laughs> let us know send us send us a note tell me how bad that worked out or how great it worked out for 30 seconds or however long you managed to do it. <laughs> I, may, I may have a little extra instruction there. Ooh, or, good. Or I like it. So, and this can be, you know, what's so funny about this is that, you know, I started doing this full time also when I became a mom. So I'm reading lots of business books while also reading a lot of parenting books and a lot of parenting books, especially when it is about communicating with your kids it's all the same stuff. Imagine that we're humans, (laughs) right? Right. We all have that fight or flight side and that, you know, creative strategic side. And it's about, uh, helping that person to get to that. I can actually take in information instead of like, everything is a threat. Mm. And some, you know, I've, I've done that with my kids where, or well, my, my youngest is only two, so I can only do it with her so much. But with my older child, there have been times when he's said, well, one, one of the things we were, let me restart this so that it's got some context here. <laughs> All right. So the rule is yes and. That means that we're actively listening. We're taking in the idea. We're, when we say yes to it, and I have that in quotes, we're not saying yes literally to everything. It is like, yes, I hear you. Yes, I'm here with you. Um, and then you can say and and add on your own idea or build on that idea. But now, very clearly, that, very clearly not saying no, because the rule in improv correct. is no stops the conversation. No stops exactly. the bit. No, no yep. ends the story. And improv is all about the continuation of the story. Exactly. Yes. And if that purest form of yes and is too much, uh, there's a concept that I learned about recently that I love um, through a program that I'm certified in called, or not certified in, working towards my certification in it, but I can facilitate it. Um, in po- it's called positive intelligence. And they talk about the 10% rule. So it's the idea that it, within any idea or anything someone else says, you can find 10% of it that you can agree with. And so it's one, like trying to shift your brain to a place where you're not looking for what's wrong in it. You are looking for that 10% that is right that you can agree with. And then you add on to that 10%. So I did this with my son the other day when we were waiting out for the bus. So we live on like a relatively busy road and there's like a blind hill. And so, you know, not the greatest like roadside spot. And he said, you know, mom, I think we should make a garden up here so that people who don't have enough to eat can come and they can take food out of the garden. And oh. my, my brain's like, ding, 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 ding. This is a dangerous place to put a garden <laughs> next to the road. And, and, you know, I could have gone there. And instead I said, yeah, Frankie, you know, what I love about that idea is that you want, you're looking to help other people and you're understanding what they might need. Maybe we could, you know, use some of the food from the garden that we have already down in the yard where it's a lot safer and away from 
traffic and bring that to one of the local like food pantries where people know that it's there and they can go and they can park safely and get the food that they need. So it's looking for that 10% and then adding on to that 10%. It doesn't have to be, I like that idea. It's what I like about that idea is, and then well, adding on. So Both of those are so powerful, right? First of all, man, how awesome is it that your son would like think of things like right. that? Like, that was a proud mama moment that's a, for sure. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a huge win. But the typical parent says, "Oh, that that won't work," mm -hmm. and not on purpose. They just they just they just look at it and they say, "Well, that won't work," right? Mm -hmm. And instead of figuring out, "Oh, how could that work?" or "What might work?" Mm -hmm. and and because that's that's where these limiting beliefs come from, right? When when parents tell a kid, a kid comes up with this really amazing idea and of course it's crazy and of course it's in the wrong place and of course it probably won't work the way they're thinking about it but it's a really amazing idea and when you say yes guess what happens to their brain they keep coming up with ideas mm -hmm. oh so empowering and the same thing happens within organization <laughs> like you said the same thing happens with adults and with kids and you say yes and look for what can work. It builds mm. those relationships. It builds that culture. And like you said, people are going to continue coming up with great ideas. Well, better ideas come to the table for sure, mm -hmm. because, because they're not afraid. They've got exactly. a safe space where, where they're not going to get told no. Mm -hmm. It's so, it's so powerful. And, and, and yet so rare, <laughs> it's, mm -hmm. it's so rare to listen at that level. It's so rare to respond at that level and say, Oh, that's amazing. What do you think about, right? Mm -hmm. And 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 encouraging the curiosity, uh, so so powerful. Love the and and it does the same thing, right? Because I think no and don't trigger fight and flight. No and don't trigger anxiety and stress. Versus, and I'll add another word to that list. Just go but. for it. But oh, absolutely. So yeah. when I have people do like the yes and um, exercise and stuff, you know, they'll without even, you know, they think they're following the rules. And so it's like, yeah, but they're like, no, yeah, no, but no, no. <laughs> it's like pulling the, I, I call that like with forgiveness with the fishing pole. You, I threw the yes out there, but I reeled it back uh -huh. in. <laughs> oh, yeah. so good. Yes. And so sometimes yes. when people leave uh, a workshop, sometimes their most powerful takeaway is just, I'm going to notice how often I say, but, and try to say, and instead, because a lot of times you can do a swap out and you're giving the same information and whoever you're talking to is leaving in a completely different brain space. Mm. Words are so powerful. And, and mm -hmm. I think we take them for granted so often, but words like yes and no, and, but, and yes, are so, so powerful. And I, one of the, try to encourage my grandson and, and that never and never is because he's in that extreme state where no one, no one, uh, you'll never play with me. <laughs> I mean, it never is not a true statement. Always is rarely a true statement. And so never and always are, are, are also words mm -hmm. that are not, you know, are, are not typically being truthful. And so words have power. And when you encourage people to, to speak more instead of less, it, it's so much, so much better. All right. Obviously asking you how important is play and fun. It seems a little ironic when, when we're talking about improv, but, but play and fun in your own, in your personal life, in, in growing yourself and growing your business. Oof. 
So this earlier this year, I mean, I mentioned this positive intelligence um, program. So I went through it first and now am facilitating it from time to time as well. One of the things that we did in it was think about like our childhood self and what is like the essence there. And what I came away from that with was like, I am silly and I'm creative. And as someone who, like you said, like that play and creativity is part of my business. And so there have been times where I have felt the need to swing in the direction of I am buttoned up and I am professional to make up for the outside of the box thing that I'm going to be asking these people to do, whether that is, uh, or well, mostly I think on like that outward portrayal of my persona and my brand. Mm. And so what I challenged myself to do was to bring a little bit more of that fun and silliness to my own brand, my social media presence, and just be like, this does not have to be buttoned up. This can be silly <laughs> and this can be fun because this is who I am. And this is ultimately who people are going to get. And so I might as well put that right out on the table. And the um, the response has been really, really, uh, really lovely to kind of see like, oh, I can bring a little bit more and people do appreciate that fun uh that uh just like being able to laugh at ourselves and yeah the authenticity well i mean there's this temptation in this online space to act like somebody else and to or Mm -hmm. to to act like you think you're supposed to act like like when we go to church we have to be buttoned up and 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 stand a certain way and act a certain way and Uh and and it you get to be yourself and yeah so you, you should be yourself in all of your marketing because that is the person that's going to show up on their stage. That is the person that's going to show up in the counseling session. And so you yeah. want to, you want to be able to be your authentic self. So good for you for, for allowing yourself and giving yourself permission to, to stay you. <laughs> yeah. And there, so earlier this year in April, I did my first like in-person talk I guess it was for uh, Disrupt HR Rochester, which Disrupt HR is basically like, if you're not familiar with it, it's like TEDx talks, but for HR people. (laughs) And it's like a whole national organization. So you can go to their website and there's um, different talks from all over the country and I think even all over the world. But uh, the whole point of it was uh, the, like it was about being a humble leader. And I went up there and at first when I thought of the idea, I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to do that. All, you know, that's negative self-talk of like, right. this is really good idea. what are you exposing about yourself? What are people going to think? And when I, when I consulted, like, you know, my intuition, I was like, yeah, but this could also be really fun. And it was, it was really basically sharing three stories of when I messed up and how that made me better. <laughs> And uh, I don't know how I'm answering a question that you asked <laughs> in my own story now. No, uh, but it's awesome. Yeah, we were talking about playing fun and you were talking about being oh, silly yeah. and creative. And so it was fun. It was really fun. And when I was getting ready for it and I was talking to my partner, Dave, I was like, I don't know. I think this, what if I mess up? I haven't, I haven't been like in front of a group of people doing, I mean, I've facilitated, but it's different from 
giving a talk that is has apparently been rehearsed you know like right. these are things i thought about saying uh and he's like but that's the whole point of your talk and so if you mess up it's just part of it like, you're absolutely right so i went up and just was able to have a lot of fun nice. and it's in those times when i've listened to that intuitive side that better things have come about i've got a quote above my computer from um from glennon doyle's book untamed is that it it says the braver i am the luckier i get Boy, ain't that true? Mm -hmm. That's good. All right. So with all this business success you've had over the last six years, what, what's your biggest challenge? My biggest challenge. I think I still sometimes live in a little, I think marketing always not always, because that's like you said, that's a that's an absolute that we don't want to necessarily. <laughs> Sorry. Marketing has been a challenge um, because it's not my it's not what I love doing and it's not my expertise. And in the last year, I have finally at, at certain times, those were the points where I was like, OK, I'm going to hire somebody to help me to do this. So earlier this year, I had someone help me put together a uh, social media plan and strategy. I had somebody else redesign my website. <laughs> and now that I've got a redesigned website and not seeing the traffic that I was hoping for, even though I've done enough DIY SEO to be really annoying, hired. <laughs> Now I've hired someone to, you know, totally revamp the SEO on the back end. So, you know, knowing that like this is not my strong suit and the feedback that I'm getting from clients is that I really do have something to offer and I want to be able to get that out to more people. And so nice. Letting someone who knows what they're doing do well, what they do best. And that's and that's important. I mean, recognizing your wheelhouse and, and being able to delegate or outsource or mm -hmm. hire um, those things that don't make you feel good and fun and joyful <laughs> yeah. because then it gives you more room for that creativity and, and more room for that intuition to do the really cool stuff that intuition does. Cause it will not do that when you're doing accounting or website creating, mm -hmm. it just isn't going to happen. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> now there's people where that intuition is firing away when they're making a website, but mm -hmm. that's not you and me. I, yeah. understand, I believe. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right. So what's been the blessing of raising your family while running your business? Hmm. Uh, you know, when I, when I first had my oldest and was comparing myself to other people who didn't have kids or who had kids who were grown Let's just say people who didn't have children in their house that they had that they, they were responsible for. Um, and I would look at like, oh gosh, if I didn't have kids, I would be, I could be doing all of this other stuff. I could be working into the night, I could be doing X, Y, and Z. And the blessing in that was that it gives me that for lack of a better word, balance. Like nice. at X o'clock, the kids are getting off the bus. They're getting picked up from daycare and then we shift over to family time. And I think that if that were not the case, I would be working into the night and probably burning myself out. 
Whereas now I've set really, really clear boundaries for the most part, <laughs> as much as you can as an entrepreneur. Yeah. And I mean, especially during, um, you know, throughout COVID, like I, I find a lot of inspiration in like blogs and things that I write in my kids, because just like we were mentioning, it's all the same. And, you know, kids, people like seeing uh, or hearing stories about kids, too. It's also just well, And if you're paying attention, your kids will teach you some of the most amazing oh my God. lessons. Yeah. 100%. And I think a lot of a lot of parents miss because they're too busy thinking they have to be in the parent role rather than mm-hmm. in the curiosity role. And 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 you miss you miss the creativity and you miss the the, the joy and the freedom that children have. And yet that's the thing everybody longs for. Mm-hmm. And if that's what yeah. you're longing for, why not pay attention to the people that got it? Uh-huh. And there's Ooh. things that my kid that my oldest has asked me where I'm like, you, you that's so much insight. <laughs> you just get it. Why don't adults get it? <laughs> because we've turned that we've turned that intuition off. We turn that mm-hmm. we we're too busy putting on the the button down so that we look like everybody expects us mm-hmm. to look or worse what we think everybody expects us to look because we haven't even asked them yet mm-hmm. mm, so much so good that's such good stuff love that you're using your kids as as inspiration and and learning from them and growing with them and that's mm-hmm. that's the way i think it was we were designed for all right so this is the most challenging question typically what was your most memorable date my most memorable date? Yeah. Typically with your husband, it could have been somebody else, but yeah. <laughs> take your chances. <laughs> Told you it was the hardest question. It is the hardest one. I don't know. Probably our first. All I right. mean, we met, we met, you know, online, but the first time we had like a date, we uh, we were living in LA at the time, and we went to Little Tokyo and went to a bunch of different places. You know, ate at a bunch of different places, and then finally landed at a restaurant that um, he was excited to bring me to. But at that point, neither of us were really very hungry, and so he goes, he looks at me, and goes, "Let's just order a bunch of weird stuff that we've never had before." And I was like. <laughs> Cool. And that's kind of when we both knew, like, all right, we're up for an adventure. We're up to try something that we've never tried before. We're up to do things, you know, a little bit differently or outside of our comfort zone. This is a good match. Nice. All right, Caitlin, what do you love to do in your free time? Uh, I like going for walks. I like being out in nature and I like spending time with uh, friends and family. All right. What's your big dream? Um, I guess just to have like a further reach and to help people to listen to each other. Wouldn't that change the world? Mm-hmm. All right, Caitlin, you've shared for the last hour with these entrepreneurs that are listening and now you get to leave them with Caitlin's words of wisdom. Oh no. What would you uh, <laughs> Take a breath and listen to your gut and follow the fear. That's an improv uh, concept. Love it. 
Caitlin, thank you so much for joining me today. What a fantastic conversation. You're a joy to have this to, to just share with. And, and I just look forward to future collaborations. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. If you enjoy the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. If you're struggling with stress, feel like life is out of control, run out of time before your to-do list is finished, well, we have a gift for you. Stop by addvaluemindset.com and claim your free gift today. In our next episode, Lisa Wilbur and Jeff West, our first-time returning guests. Today, they are on the show with Noel and Robert to talk about their new book, Said the Lady with the Blue Hair. We learned some inside secrets like where the title came from and how they created this direct sales parable to serve people. Lisa wants to empower women with the possibility that they can earn their own income and not be stuck in a bad situation by someone else's decisions.